0: Hi, I'm Laura Yonker, director of Amplify Holland, part of Movement West Michigan.
1: And I'm Corey Plockmeyer, executive director of Movement West Michigan.
0: Movement West Michigan exists to unite local Christian faith leaders to serve with humility and love for the flourishing of all in our community. We believe the body of Christ is truly better when we work, learn, and grow together.
1: This is Local Hope a bi-weekly podcast that highlights concerns in our community and what the church is that's
0: the big c
1: church <laughs> that's right the big c church is doing about it we hope these conversations both inform and encourage you that god's people really do care and that god is at work in our midst
0: thanks for joining us
1: Well, welcome to Local Hope. This is our first episode. Uh, Laura, I'm excited to have this conversation.
0: Yeah, this is great. We're excited to be here to learn a little bit more about one of the initiatives that Movement West Michigan has been helping out within the community, co-sponsorship of refugees that have come to the holland zealand area since December. And we're Excited to unpack what has happened over the past four or five months um, with various volunteers from different churches that have been really active on the ground, helping our new refugees in the area settle into our community. Um, This all started back in December, actually. It's kind of... Oh, no, wait. I think it was November. Mm -hmm, It was November. mm -hmm. Um, Corey and I were actually having a little staff meeting and... He said, oh, I can't make it to this meeting that a local pastor invited me to at Fellowship Reformed Church. Do you think you can squeeze it in? I said, sure. All right, I'll show up. And and I enter into a room of a lot of um, ambitious volunteers that are excited to learn about how the church can support Afghan refugees coming to our area. And um, the lunch was filled with lots of energy and, and questions, um, but at the end, Uh, Pastor Nate Skipper uh, just kind of recognized that the coordination of helping churches work together in this process was a little bit beyond his job title. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He has a lot going on as a pastor at Fellowship Reformed. And um, so I I stepped up and said, hey, how can Movement West Michigan help um, smaller churches that may not have the capacity to sponsor a family on their own still be part of this resettlement process? Um, And so that was the beginning of... Meeting with a lot of different pastors and um, elders and church volunteers and presenting this idea of what if we work together? What if we actually did this collaboratively? Um, and hence we're here today.
1: And that's really this this podcast, Local Hope, is all about stories of collaboration. We want to be the voice in the Holland Zealand area, uh, just celebrating stories when. Uh, churches, organizations set aside their differences, come together, and find ways to collaborate. And so we thought, what a better way to start than uh, something that hadn't been done before in our community, Uh, multiple organizations working together to sponsor one family. Uh, Kent Fry is actually with the Rotary Club, uh, and David is with uh, Central Park Reformed, and uh this is a really unique uh collaboration here uh but we are excited to have them share about their experience of welcoming a family from afghanistan to our community what that journey has looked like and what it has looked like to do it together to collaborate together so uh kent david we'd love for you guys to just introduce yourselves tell us a little bit about your uh you and how you got involved in this conversation so kent take it away
2: Yeah, so I'm Ken Fry, and I actually retired as a Reformed Church pastor after 40 years in parish ministry, uh, 1st of July. But as many of us in the Holland area and across the United States uh, at the end of the summer in August, we had these horrific uh, scenes from uh, Kabul, Afghanistan. And the Rotary Group Uh, in Holland began to say maybe we can actually sponsor a refugee family and I would listen on the service committee uh, to how they were thinking about doing it and I had previously um, been a part of two other refugees uh, families in my 40-year career and I knew they didn't quite know what they were doing and I began to suggest how you might go about doing this. (laughs) Uh, But (laughs) (laughs) the Rotary also realized as many congregations coming out of coronavirus that we were not in the kind of vital shape that we had been uh, prior to to, uh, coronavirus. And that, I was there at Fellowship Reformed Church with uh, Laura, and that's where uh, the Rotary said, if we're going to do this, we need to partner with uh and and in this case congregation a faith community and rotary is not specifically a religious organization it's a service club uh and i began on behalf of rotary uh, holland rotary to uh, look towards someone who could partner with us and uh, after a couple attempts at that I was talking with David, who's also in Rotary, but a member of Central Park Reformed Church. And we said, maybe we can do something together. (laughs) And that's what led to the uh, collaboration with Movement West Michigan, but also uh, Central Park and the Holland Rotary. And then Bethany Christian Services, ultimately, Mm -hmm. which is who we work through in terms of uh, the specific refugee resettlement. Yeah, they
0: play a really key role. I uh, should mention that Bethany Christian Services is the the official resettlement agency um, that Mm -hmm. provides all of the case managers and the support um, with – housing and for helping finding jobs and and hosting regular check-ins for the sponsors. So we're so grateful um, for the support of Bethany Christian Services out of the Grand Rapids office that has been kind of empowering us here in the holland zealand area um, with with the big picture of what resettlement looks like um, as we try to equip the local sponsors with with resources um, in the local area. So yeah it's it's been a real collaborative right we, you just listed how many different organizations and not I mean all the people we have um well 15 different churches that are actually doing this across the Holland Zealand area mm-hmm. and at least 18 families um I'm sure there's more than that but that's all I have on my records <laughs> <laughs> so it's great to yeah to have just two here to represent a, a huge movement across the community
1: Absolutely David could, could yeah tell us a little bit more about yourself and how did you end up in this journey I mean I'm more I'm associated with the Central Park
3: Church the chair of our our outreach and missions committee we always we've been always looking at uh, issues that are you know that are meaningful that that people can you know can find meaning in their lives doing and and, and following our call as Christians to reach out and to uh to the homeless to the to the refugee to the to the widows and orphans, and we're getting more of them, it seems like, in this world in the past few months. But this came up, and um, Kent and I were talking because we we're in Rotor together and serving at the food club, and and uh, uh, I had talked about how we as a church um, wanted to do this, but we didn't feel we had the bench strength. Hmm. You know, you talk about some of the, you know, with the pandemic, uh, how people have, you know, have stayed away from church and not fully come back yet uh, in a lot of different small congregations. And uh, so that was a, a quite a lively discussion at our uh, church and consistory that we went over it. And we said, let's just take this leap of faith. And um, I'm always one to take a leap of faith, of course, um, and, and without a safety net often. But um, So <laughs> they said, well, right if now. you can if you can coordinate. I said, well, I have Rotary. So Rotary as an NGO is one of the most trusted um, organizations in the world uh, when there's a crisis or a a um, major issue not necessarily a war but but usually with hurricanes and natural disasters rotary is there uh, the first one's there and usually the last ones to leave we thought well it's a natural for rotary it's a natural for for central Park because of our kind of dedication to hospitality and welcome and welcoming and love for our fellow human being that we could put this together and make it work and mm-hmm. so that's and and it, we we did have a we did that to kind of fight a, uh, a few little, uh, you know, fight the good fight. I mean, it wasn't, <laughs> well, we'll, you're always going to get naysayers and the yeah. people don't, you It know, takes time to what, set
0: up a collaborative like Yeah, what, what
3: are we getting into? Yes. So, yeah. But I think we were able to pull it mm-hmm. off and, and we just both had decided that we had to kind of take the bull by the horns and, mm-hmm. and step out in faith mm-hmm. and, uh drag as many people as we could with us.
1: <laughs> well, David, you, you talk about the, the the bench strength, right, and yeah. the, the needing that bench strength. Yeah. I, I mean, all told, this this is a lot of work. It's a big undertaking to welcome a family. And so for, for those listening who maybe have not been involved in refugee resettlement, uh, Kent, could you just give us an overview? How many people has it taken, and what has this uh, re- process looked like Uh, what's how involved has it been
2: well we have probably uh 10 to 12 people from rotary and 10 to 12 people from central park uh church you know roughly that are very directly involved now for example when we went to uh furnish the permanent uh apartment uh townhouse Uh, we put out a call to Rotary members and to the congregation, and we probably had uh, twice, three times as many people Mm -hmm. that were uh, donating items, but people that are directly doing uh, direct service. Um, I don't know if I've heard this said uh, this time, but we're still in the middle of this. But I can recall in previous refugee resettlements, uh, congregational members saying to me, um, you know, I went to church for years and, you know, I volunteered. I did this. I served coffee or whatever. But I realize in refugee ministry that uh, this family is depending on us. Mm. And uh, we either deliver or... um, they're, they're gonna be in serious uh, difficulty. And that has a kind of power uh, to mm-hmm. it, um, I think, because you realize you have a very vulnerable uh, family. They've come out of a situation of war, uh, tremendous trauma. They um, have a certain degree of uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome. And what you're trying to do is to be their friends in a a situation where the culture is completely different, and and your job is to primarily be their friend and to give them a level of trust and confidence that you are going to be there for them. And that helps, I think, emotionally to deal with the crisis and the trauma that they've come out of.
0: Um, It sounds like your team has been aware from the beginning that this is about friendship. This is about coming alongside this family um, who is resettling here and trying to get to know a new culture completely. So I'm curious, like what, what challenges have you encountered in that relational side of helping this family?
2: Uh, one thing that is very interesting, I, I mean, Afghan culture, is almost the exact opposite of American culture. <laughs> yeah, you know Americans are on time. Uh, they have a schedule. They're going <laughs> here. They're going there. No, when you go to your family, and this would be true of especially any of the Dutch. <laughs> uh, <you> know, <laughs> yeah, when well, Holland uh, and Zeeland here, we have to remember that.
3: Yeah, time, we have our own culture. Yeah, right? this time is different even than other times across the country. So go ahead.
2: Yeah, well, when you go to stop at the your afghan family and this would be true of the 15 families that we have here in holland yeah. um you know my wife would uh, text me and say <laughs> so um, when are you coming home and i have to text her back i don't know i think i'm on the third cup of tea That's right. uh, uh you, you know you're not, go- <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
2: you're not going anywhere real quick um Because it's a culture of hospitality, and it's expected that you're going to uh, spend some time talking, and you're not going to do business at first. Mm -hmm. You're going to visit. Mm -hmm. And so that runs diametrically opposite of the way we're uh, structured Mm -hmm. and ingrained. And of course, it it creates both a joy and a frustration, I think, Mm -hmm. Um, because you want to get to certain things you have certain things in your day that you have to do but here you are um, in uh, their environment mm-hmm. when you walk in their home mm-hmm. and you want to respect that so um, yeah you know that's uh, part of the relationship and working mm-hmm. that out yeah uh,
0: David do you have more to add to that I do I sometimes
3: I've <laughs> been thought of as, as being on Afghan time myself um, and so I, I, I relate very well with them but uh, um yeah, I, I think that um, there is something to be said about uh, taking the time, and you kind of, as you, and it's hard for some of us to work through that frustration, of uh, when we say we're going to be there at nine forty-five to pick people up at ten, that all of a sudden and to take them to be someplace at ten, that um, you're waiting or you go and knock on the door and you uh, try to encourage. Um, and this is, uh, our family is a family of five, so we have many, many moving parts here to deal with. And, um, so it is, um, excuse me, um, it is, it is a challenge for people and, and, and the, the expression I think that Bethany uses is embrace the ambiguity and, you know, and I say kind of, um, embrace the randomness because, uh, um, what what I've found, even when times that I've waited to take him, I'm I'm kind of the regular, uh, take him to school on Tuesday morning to English ESL class, uh, and uh, and we end up arriving a few minutes late, and I figure the place is getting the parking lot's going to be empty, but people are still streaming in, mm. because these are different cultures. I mean, it's a whole different different pace, and and there have been at times I was I was uh, I think I, Kent was there we were supposed to be there, at the house at at one point and about three minutes I was on my way and about and I'm about three minutes away and, and um, one of them calls me and you know, on Kent's phone and says uh, "Daud, which is what they call me and it's uh, David is Daud in, in, in you know Arabic and, and um, Middle Eastern Far Eastern cultures and uh, they say uh you're not going to be an American citizen anymore we are we are going to revoke your citizenship. You're late by three minutes. Oh no! <laughs> so, uh, They're
0: starting to yeah. pick up on so, <laughs> our yeah. obsession with time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: so it's but it's good. Oh yeah.
0: Well, and I,
1: and I hear what I hear in that is such a an emphasis on relationship. Yeah. Uh, that what matters more is that hospitality. Right. What matters more is being with each other. Yeah. And and I think there's something that as as somebody who uh, was told and taught as from an early age, early is on time, on time is late, and late is you shouldn't even show up. Uh, (laughs) And having been ingrained in that culture, I think that there's something so beautiful about an emphasis on relationship and just being with each other. And I I, I love that reminder, uh, just listening to you uh, describe that experience.
3: We sometimes have to
1: just take a deep
3: breath and realize that the world is going to still move and go forward the world's going to turn use the expression with with one of the youngest in the family because he will often say that well we are this is not what what um you know afghan culture is and i said well it's also um we don't you know we're an american culture and we we respect your culture and we want to bend we're trying to bend to understand your culture and make it make it work for both of us here because Mm -hmm. you're now in in the American culture Mm -hmm. and that's a big melting pot. So who's to know what American culture Mm -hmm. is because there's so many different cultural pieces to that. But I always use the expression, uh, you know, if we'll bend and if you can bend, we bend so that we can blend. Sounds like a
0: real posture of humility.
3: Yeah. And it's like, we're both, we're both serving each other here. Mm -hmm. We're serving you and uh, you're serving us to, you know, understand that, that um, you know, this is where you are now
2: and this is where your life is going to be unless you
3: end up getting back to your
2: country. Mm. I think a couple other uh, cultural things besides, you know, time and hospitality uh, that becomes fairly evident when you're um, settling an Afghan uh, refugee family is the relationships uh, between uh, male and female. And how that gets worked out in both cultures. And uh, another thing, which we might want to talk in the uh, second segment a little more about, is uh, many of the people that are working on uh, resettlement on our end, although not universally in Rotary, uh, come from a Christian faith perspective. Mm-hmm. And you're working with a uh, family that uh, our family is pretty dedicated. A Muslim family, so you have to kind of work at the uh, religious issues a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaking about the religious issues, and another organization that is a part of all this resettlement mm-hmm. is the U.S. State Department. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we agree to as um, sponsors is not to proselytize. Mm-hmm. And there are good reasons for that. Um, and I say that as a, you know, a faithful. Um, Uh, Christian who, you know, know, does want to share the good news of Jesus. But uh, these are people that have been manipulated um, to the point of a machine gun at their heads. Mm -hmm. And so we don't want them coming to the United States where they're being forced Mm -hmm. uh, religiously to do something that they don't want to do. And we are American citizens and we do believe that in the american context that there is freedom of religion mm-hmm. so we want to live in a respectful and act in a respectful way with um you know our afghan neighbors mm-hmm. and uh, family that we're uh, getting to know
0: mm-hmm. yeah really appreciate that yeah again posture of humility and how you enter into those controversial conversations
2: yeah i think yeah. after about two weeks they yeah. discovered that i was a retired right minister or they as they would say a mom and um, boy, that right, really um, right. brought on a lot right. of chatter mm. yeah. <laughs> in pashto and i right. wasn't sure what they were talking <laughs> about
3: you <laughs> mm-hmm. you you know god is at work when you know that your heart you know just goes out um, to people like this to people who really are our brothers and sisters and you realize that there's not a lot of difference between us it language is the big barrier uh, politics and socioeconomic situations and uh, uh, the state of the world are all those barriers to us living and loving together.
1: And I think that's that's definitely – we are reminded that these organizations who are sponsoring these refugees, it, it, it's complicated. It's hard, but yet it's not, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's a lot of work and it gets challenging and, and there's the cultural differences – but at the end of the day, it's putting the love of Jesus Christ into action, yep. right? Jesus, it, it, for for those who are doing so uh, out of their faith and out of their faith commitment, and and in the next episode, we're going to get a little bit more into some of the challenges of of working across organizations and what that looks like. But But for these folks who came out of their faith commitment to help, it was really, this is a tangible, practical way to respond to that compassion that we feel as followers of Jesus Christ, seeing the broken world around us, uh, local hope. This this podcast is really about celebrating stories of collaboration. Our hope as Movement West Michigan, one of the things we hope this does is it is just a, a an auditory demonstration that the church cares, uh, that the the love of Jesus Christ makes a difference in the lived experience of those who call themselves Christians, and and compels them to act. Uh, in, in the interest of others. And so uh, we're just so glad to have Kent and David here with us today. Uh, it's been wonderful to hear uh, some of the, the the challenges, but also some of the joys and some of the, the beautiful moments that have happened uh, as you have walked this journey of refugee resettlement together. Thank you so much for tuning in to the first episode of Local Hope. Uh, we're so glad that you joined us and we hope you come back uh, in two weeks uh, for our second episode. Kent and David will be back with us as we uh, dive into what it looks like to collaborate together across organizations and across differences.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Local Hope, a podcast that highlights concerns in our community and what the church is doing about it.
1: We hope that you were encouraged by the ways that people right here in our community are putting the love of Christ into action together. And perhaps you were even inspired to get involved yourself.
0: If you have questions about what was shared today or would like to send a note to our guests, please contact us at office at movementwestmi.org.
1: We would love for you to subscribe so you can hear more stories of the church at work together in our community.
0: And please share this episode with others who are longing for glimpses of hope across our community.